I know that God brought you here for a reason. Whether you came out of your own volition or your pastor repeatedly asked you to come. But even if he did, know that God called you here through him. Hallelujah. And so know that every moment, every time, everything that is going on here is your moment. Open up your spirit. And the Lord will speak to you. Amen. I salute our dear Father. Father, God bless you. We acknowledge your ministry. He's, he's been a support. He's been dead and he, he, he has stayed. For a long time, he has stayed to see what has become of us. And I believe that God will let you live to see the greater thing that is going to become of his children. Amen. I salute all the ministers and the pastors in the house. And I salute our dear father, Pastor Kwame Boateng. In this age and time, you don't find many pastors who will gather the flock of God to go and hide somewhere to pray. And if you're here this morning, count it a blessing. Pastor, God bless you. Hallelujah. Let's bow down our heads in prayer as we prepare our minds and hearts. Oh, because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Ah, because we do not care and return to God in prayer. You didn't understand the song. Ah, because we do not care and return to God. What a friend. Why a friend we have with Jesus. Oh, our sins and griefs to bend. Oh, the privilege to cut. It is a privilege. Return to God in prayer. Oh, what peace. Oh, what peace we often fall of it. Oh, what needless pain we bear. And the reason is that. Ah, because we do not care. That is an invitation for you to come to the throne of glory. And find grace and receive mercy. To call in a time of trouble. Oh, what peace we offer for 
of faith. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Ah, because we do not carry everything to come. I want this song to sing in your spirit. We are not in a hurry at all. Oh, what peace we offer for our faith. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Ah, because we do not care. Written to God in prayer. Oh, what peace. Oh, what peace we offer. He has made a provision for you and I. That no matter what, regardless of the circumstance, He is our friend. But yet we do not take advantage of this great privilege. And then we shoulder the needless pain and we forfeit the great peace that is of the Lord. Oh, what peace we offer for faith. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Ah, oh, because we do no caring and return to God in most high God we thank you we commit this time into your hands we have gathered for your eternal word your word that changes life your word that transforms your word that heals. You said that I sent forth my word and it bring healings to their soul. Father, we have gathered this morning. Come and teach us, O oh Lord. Come and, O oh Lord, reprove us through your word. Come and build us up. Oh, come and equip us. Your word is a light unto our feet. The entrance of your word brings light. And it gives understanding to the simple. Every circumstance of life. That is, oh Lord, overwhelming us, oh Lord. At the entrance of your word, Father. Give us understanding. So that we will know what to do at the right time. Come and take your glory. Come and take your praise. In Jesus' marvelous name, have we prayed. Amen. 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 You know, yesterday, uh, my big brother laid a strong foundation and he set a bar so high. And I believe that we are going to continue in that atmosphere. Amen. Amen. 
This morning, I have been assigned to speak on the subject, when the righteous prays. When the righteous prays. When I saw the topic, I, I, I was tempted to, to, you know, when, when, when through the direction of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the topic came, um, and the man of God gave it to me, um, he, it, it is, you know, when the righteous prays, and then there's like, dot, dot, dot. And I was tempted, you know, if, 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 if you're, you know, if you're a preacher, sometimes you are tempted to transform the title to suit how you want it to go. But I believe that the, by the direction of the Holy Spirit, I did not put anything there. Hallelujah. So when the righteous prays, what happens? Do you want to know what happens? When the righteous prays, it means that the impossible happens. When the righteous prays, you can fit when the righteous prays, you can fill that spot with anything that happens when the righteous pray. And this morning and beginning this weekend, if the righteous of God, if the righteous people of God, if the children of God will stand and get on their feet and pray, something will happen. Hallelujah. So I cannot tell you much, but what I can tell you is that when the righteous prays, something happens. Hallelujah. Shall we turn our scriptures to Psalms 143, verse 1 and 2. It says, a psalm of David. Lord, hear my prayer. In your righteousness, listen to my plea. And in your righteousness, sorry, I take that again. Lord, hear my prayer. In your faithfulness, listen to my plea. In your righteousness, answer me. Verse 2. Do not bring your servant into judgment. For no one alive is righteous in your sight. Hallelujah. Speaking of the unconditional love of the Father God, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 45 there, because of his overwhelming love, when the sun rises, it rises on the evil. And when the sun rises, it rises on the good. It means like evil person and a good person. And it continues that because of his love again, when the Father causes rain to fall, it falls on the righteous. And when rain falls, it also falls on the unrighteous. Did I get it back on? When the sun rises, rises on the evil person and also rises on the good person. And when it rains, it rains on the unrighteous person and also rains on the righteous person. When we move back from that scripture and we look around and we see that when the righteous plants, 
it grows. And when the unrighteous plants, it grows. It germinates. It bears fruits. And to some degree, you might be tempted to think that maybe it does not pay to be righteous. We live in a society where it, it, it looks as if righteousness does not pay off. Because the, 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 the unrighteous people, the wicked, seem to be enjoying life. I came to the Bible in Psalm, one, so Psalm 73. This great songwriter and musician called Asaph. We have heard about his name. He, he, he was a musician in the time of David and in Solomon's time also. And he looked at the situation that we are talking about and he, he, he was troubled. Sometimes the things you know about God, you will face certain things that will challenge your theology, will challenge what you know of God. And if God has not strengthened you, you will be in trouble. And so Psalm 73, I'll read that quick. Psalm 73, verse 1 to 5. Asaph was troubled in his mind. He was disturbed by what he saw that was going on concerning the righteous and the unrighteous. And this is what he read. He wrote down, Surely God is good to Israel. To those who are pure in heart. But then he also learned that God is not just good to Israel and to those who are pure in heart. And this, this, this revelation or this knowledge that he found later about God. All his life he thought that God was good to Israel only. And God was good to those who are pure in heart. But then he discovered that God is not just good to Israel and to those that are pure in heart. And when he came to that knowledge... He was disturbed. He was troubled. And he said, but as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. He almost gave up on his faith. Because like, does it pay off? Does righteousness pay? Why do I have to go through order? And he continued, Psalm 73 verse 3, that's where I am. For I envy the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from common human burdens. They are not plagued with human illness. He continued to be disturbed with this. Do you sometimes question if righteousness pays? Does it even pay to be good? To do what is right in the sight of God? But if you have ever had that question, there's an answer for you. And Esau said that he, 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 had, he was troubled until something happened. He said that, till I entered the sanctuary of the Lord. Whatever you are troubled with, there is an answer in the sanctuary of the Lord for you. Hallelujah. Say, till verse 17, Psalm 73, verse 17. I, I skipped to that part. Till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny, the destiny of the wicked. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to rain. How sudden are they destroyed. Completely swept away by terror. 
in the present life, we see the blessing of God, just as we read here, upon the righteous and the unrighteous. But it's my prayer that we should not be deceived by that. Even though all the blessings of God and most of his goodness, let me use that word, are given to both the righteous and the unrighteous. But there are certain promises of God and there are certain spiritual blessings that are kept just for the righteous. Hallelujah. Proverbs 15 verse 29 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. Hallelujah. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. Of all, in addition to the many other blessings that the righteous person has before God, one is that his prayers are heard by God. Say, God is far from the wicked. It is not that God is running away from them. But the wicked person, in, 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 in his deceitfulness, does not want to do anything with God. He runs away from God. And so the distance between him and God keeps widening and widening and widening. That's why that the wicked is far from the Lord. But the righteous, his prayers are heard by God. In James chapter 5, verse 26, he revealed the impact of righteousness on prayer. I hope I have not lost you. Follow me closely. My subject again is when the righteous prays. Hallelujah. I'm just, I just want to talk about righteousness a little bit, and then we'll pray and we'll go home. Hallelujah. James 5, 16, uh, he, 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 he said that, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth man. And he, he, he revealed the impact of righteousness on prayer. But as I ponder on that, I was just going to talk about, as children of God, how we are to be right. How we are to be in the right standing before God and man. How to be how that we are to be in the right standing between our fellow men. That we have certain things that we check it off. That if I check all these things off, then my prayers will be answered. Peter said that if a husband will not be hindered. So if you're a husband and you, you, have, you have completed that part of assignment, you are living with your wife with understanding. The Bible says that we are to go before God in the name of Jesus. You have done that. You have, for, you have forgiven everyone that has offended you. you. You have given arms. You have done the righteous things. You have done everything right. I need you to know that the answer to your prayer is, is that it's not like a magic bullet. That when you check all these things off, that the answer is done. The answer or the, the, the determining factor of the answer to your prayer is by the faithfulness of God and by the righteousness of God. And look in, in the life of David. David was troubled. Even though, you know, his name is great, we, 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 we mostly talk about his achievement and one of his big failures. But this guy had crisis of crisis. Right from childhood as a shepherd, lions and bears were coming for his sheep and he fought them. 
when he received the promise of God that he was to be the king, Saul taunted his life. Saul chased him. Saul almost killed him. Even when he was ministering to Saul, Saul threw a javelin to kill him. He went through trials. Now it came to a point and he said, um, 1 Samuel chapter I believe 27, he said that I will one day perish in the sight of God. And out of that hopelessness, the Bible said that he ran to Ziklag, a place where I called Ziklag, the abode of the hopeless. The Bible said that David went there and he began to spit his part into his beard. And when Akish, the, the, the king of the Philistines saw him, said, Are there no many madmen in my country that you brought this madman to me? So David crisis, you know, issues of life and troubles went on and on and on. But he was also a man of prayer. And God answered him. And you know, the summons I will read some this morning are full of David's prayers. And sometimes he will say that, Oh, I cry unto the Lord. And the Lord heard me. And so at this time, Psalm 143, I don't know if David was at his old age. I'm assuming that the beginning of the, the book was, you know, when he was young and then getting to the end was when he was old. But, you know, that could be wrong. You know, the, 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 the Psalms are arranged in different order at all. But at this time of his life, when he wrote this scripture that we read, I believe that David has gained so much experience that the answer to our prayer Regardless of how righteous we are, it's not dependent on our righteousness. And so David said in Psalm 143, as I read, I read again. He said, Lord, hear my prayer in your faithfulness. Listen to my plea and in your righteousness. Answer me. Do not bring your servant to judgment for no one alive is righteous in your sight. May the Lord hear our prayers. According to his righteousness. So the question now is who then is the righteous? Who is the righteous person? The root word from which we, 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 we the, the, both the, the Hebrew and the Greek are from which we get righteous are, uh, also means justice. All right, righteous. Hallelujah. Right. Righteous, just, justice. And it is a legal term. From the human standpoint, when, when we say a person is righteous, all the image that comes to mind is someone who is good in society, someone who is morally good, somebody who, 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 who is not defrauding others, somebody who, 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 who gives arms? Somebody who is kind? Somebody who, who have checked certain things that we have listed, has checked all of it up. Then we say that this person is a righteous person. But according to the biblical standard, a righteous person is a person who has been declared righteous by God. Hallelujah. That is why I said that word. It is a legal term. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 3 verse 22. It said that we are made right with God. Or we are made righteous with God. By placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. No matter who we are. 
No matter what, who we are, means, uh, you know, you, you can be either a Jew or a Gentile. Hallelujah. That was from the New Living Translation. It said that we are made right with God or we are made righteous when we place our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. Hallelujah. Verse 24. Romans 3, 24. They are justified freely by the grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Contrary to major religions in the world, when an adherent to a faith has to work their way through from the bottom of the spiritual barrier until they attain the highest spiritual realm, in Christianity it's not like that. The moment you believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God declares you righteous. Hallelujah. And I'm, I'm trying to be very careful. This is, this is an area that preachers are very careful when you're talking about grace. That your strength cannot earn you anything. And then, then, then there's, there's this temptation that then I have a free certificate to do what I have to do. But no, that's not the case. Once you place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, God declares you righteous. Hallelujah. He clothes you with the righteousness of Jesus. And because of that, you can stand him before him, not according to your own righteousness, but, but according to the righteousness of Jesus. And what does this mean? This means that from that point on, you don't have to work your way up, but you work to stay that place. If God has called you righteous, then you make sure that because I am in the right standing with God, because I have been declared righteous, because I have been clothed with the righteousness of Jesus, I must live my life so that I do not go low. Hallelujah. It's, it's, it's like somebody who, who live in a poor, a poor, the most deplorable and miserable part of society. And all of a sudden, you, you, you bring them up to a palace, a nice place where you are safe. And there, there, are, there are lights and everything is so beautiful and the streets are gold and all that. Once you get there, you don't say that because I didn't work to get here. All my work didn't bring me here, therefore there's not, nothing for me to do. Once you get to that place, you don't begin to litter. You don't begin to throw things around. But you maintain the standard of that. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, that's written on there by the wall. It said that seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The right, there is a righteousness that belongs to God. Hallelujah. It is this righteousness that I am talking about this morning. Hallelujah. How do we become righteous? I said that we are declared righteous by God. And I'm continuing from that to that. One does not become righteous as in evolving. Like you stand from like a very bad place and you work your way through as you, you mop the church floor and then clean the bathroom and you, you give alms, then you are evolving and evolving in, be, in becoming righteous. But what? We are what? Made 
righteous. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 5, verse 19. It says, For us by one man's disobedient, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Amen. Are you following me closely? Continue that train of thought. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Say, for he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. So in, the, in our present age, you know, you're probably asking then, what is the need for me to go to church? What is the need for me to do that? What is the need for me to do what is right? You are doing what is right because what? That is the status God has elevated you. If, if, if you have been made a queen, then you dress like a queen. Then you let people do stuff for you. Then you don't go to the slum and, and do things that slaves do. Hallelujah. So because we have been declared righteous, because we have been made righteous, we have to what? Operate and live our life as if we are what? righteous. Hallelujah. John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 8, speaking about the ministry of Jesus. The, sorry, uh, Jesus speaking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He said that when he comes, he will convict you of, 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 of he will convict the word of righteousness, sin, and judgment. And, you know, the, the, the more I ponder over it, the, the, you know, my, my understanding is that to, to those who have been declared righteous, he, 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 he will convict you of righteousness. When, when you are doing something, he said that, son, you, you, you are living below where you, where you need to be. Daughter, this is not, this is not, this is, this is way below your standard. You, you have been highly esteemed. You are the child of the most high God. You are righteous in the sight of God. And to the, to the world, he will convict them of sin. When they sin, they will be convicted. And then in the end, there will be judgment. And so, because we have not attained this righteousness, and because we have made righteous, we have to operate in the realm of righteousness of God, that we are righteous. Hallelujah. Amen. And what, 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 that, what does this mean when you, when you are made righteous? Does it end there? Does it mean you have arrived? Hebrews 12, 23, I... There's a scripture there that um, speaks so well of what uh, we are talking about. Hebrews 12, verse 18 going. It says that in the gathering of the believers, the saints, when we meet, we are spiritually elevated to a place, a Mount Zion. And he said that, you know, uh, Hebrews 12, verse 18 going, especially verse 22 going. He said, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. The, you know, you know the, 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 the presence of God in the, in, the, in the gathering of numerous angels, in, in, in feastal gathering. And he said that, you know, you, you have come to, 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 to the blood that speaks better things than that of Abel. And verse 23, Hebrews 12, 23. We learn of this profound revelation. He said that unto the church of the firstborn, whose name are written in heaven, you have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirit of the righteous, made perfect. So 
in our garden, we have the righteous who have been made perfect. And I, I was initially troubled by that. I said, how can somebody who is declared righteous, how can somebody who is righteous also need to be perfected? But this scripture speaks of the Old Testament saints. They believe in the sacrifice that had not yet been offered. The, 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 the Bible talk about that there was coming a day in the Old Testament, they were promised that there was coming a day when the Messiah will be sacrificed, when the Lamb of God will be killed, and that his atoning death will give them a right standing before God. And so this Old Testament saint, they believe in a sacrifice that had not yet been offered. And when that sacrifice was finally offered, then they were made perfect. And so that's what Hebrews said that word. And the spirit of the righteous made perfect. If you are here this morning, I, I, want, I want you to not count on your own righteousness. And I, 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 will, have, I will have so much trouble with you. If, 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 if you do not put your whole faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This Old Testament said they, had, they did not even see Jesus. They, 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 you know, they did not see him. They just believed in him. They believe in the sacrifice that had not yet been offered. What about you and I? That now that the sacrifice has been offered, and we have seen the potency and the power that is in that sacrifice and what that sacrifice has accomplished for us, why don't you lay down your crown, your righteousness, and, 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 and cling to the righteousness of God? And back to what David said. For no one is righteous in your sight, but in your righteousness. And Sammy, this morning, as we are going to pray for the rest of the weekend and for the, for, for the rest of your life, go before God. In his righteousness. Hallelujah. Amen. Go before God. In the righteousness of God. And when you go there. So many times we, you know, we, 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 we condemn ourselves. And we, 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 we feel ashamed. And you know, when, when, when we live below that mark that has been set for us. We become so ashamed. And then we don't want to go to God. And to me, that is, that, that, that is, that is so painful and distrust, distrust of God. When, when you do that, have you, have you ever done something bad, so bad? I mean, so bad. That for three days, you, have, you haven't opened your mouth to pray. Just because, that, because of what you did, you have broke fellowship with God. And therefore, you cannot come before him. If you do that, then you, then you do not trust your Lord God. If you do that, then you are counting on your righteousness. And then when your righteousness fails, then you, you feel that you have no grounds to go before God. But this morning, if you go before God in the righteousness of Jesus, you will be heard. Hallelujah. If you go before God, not according to your own righteousness. If you go before God, not according to Something that you think warrants you or merits you. But if you go in his righteousness, you will be heard. And then when you go in his righteousness, then you know that there's no condemnation for you. 
Romans chapter 8 verse 1 said that, Therefore there is no condemnation for them that are in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And when you read um, F, uh, sorry, Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17. Isaiah 54 verse 17. I'll read that quick. It says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Two important things I need you to know here. It says that every tongue that rises against you in judgment, the, 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 the devil, the deceiver, he goes before God, the accuser. He accuses us, even in our minds, accusing us, oh, don't you remember what you did? Don't you remember that you did? Don't you remember that? And so you go before God with guilt and shame. But when you go before the presence of God in his righteousness, there's a specific instruction here for you. He said that every tongue that rises against you in judgment, thou shalt condemn it. You are the one to take the personal responsibility to rebuke the devil. He said that I have been forgiven. I have been declared righteous by God. And you go there. God said that for your righteousness is of me. Hallelujah. I'm wrapping up. For the rest of your life, you're going to, every time you go before God, go in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. By doing so, you go in the name of Jesus Christ, without which we have no access to God. When you place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and you believe him as your Lord and Savior, then you go before God in the righteousness of Jesus. And so when God sees you, he does not see you again. But what he sees Jesus, who, who has what paid every price, who has Fulfill every part of the law. Romans says that Christ is the end of the law. Romans 3.20 says that he is just and the justifier of all who believe. So when the righteous pray, you are not being the righteousness of God, of Jesus. When you go there, with the righteousness of Jesus. Just know that the Lord will hear you. Say that, Lord, hear me according to your faithfulness. And in your righteousness, answer me. As we get ready to pray, I, 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 I want to draw your attention to um, what James said in James chapter 5. Verse, when you read verse 13. To 16. James tells us that regardless of what circumstance we are in, we are to pray. James 5.13. Say, if anyone sick among you, let him pray. If anyone cheerful, let him praise. It also means prayer. You know, we can, you, 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 can, you, you, you can pray to God by just praising him. If anyone suffering or afflicted, let him pray. I don't know what you're going through this morning. James continues that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. Because 
you have the righteousness of God, and because you are a righteous person in the sight of God, your prayer count in the sight of God. Proverbs 15 verse 8 says that the Lord hates or the sacrifice of the wicked is abominable to God. But the prayers of the upright man is his delight. Church, you know that God delights in your prayer this morning because you have the righteousness of God. Therefore, why don't you stand up and pray? Why do you sit there and go through affliction? Why do you sit there and let light happen to you as if you have nobody? Why do you sit there and cry as if that your God cannot do what you are going through? Why do you sit there and think that life is passing you by? Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 20. The people of Israel sinned and they will move into the nations. And the Bible says that, let me, let me read that. We are standing up and we're going to pray. Ephesians, sorry. Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 20. Say, but when they came to the nations, where they came, wherever they came, they profaned my holy name. In that, people said of them, these are the people of the Lord, and yet they have to go out of his land. These are the people of the Lord, and yet they have to go out of his land. These are the people of the Lord, and yet they have to go out of his land. These are the people of the Lord, and yet they have to go out of his land. In those times, everyone, by, either by famine or disaster or by war, if, if you move from where you need to be as a child of God to a different place, then the nations around think that you, that thing has happened to you because your God is weak. So when God saw the Israelites move from where they are to another place, God said, I'll bring them back because they are profaning my holy name. And all the nations, I take that again, they say that these are the people of the Lord. And yet they have to go out of his land. These are the people who have been declared righteous. And therefore they have been, to, to go out of the land of the Lord means that you are not where you need to be. It means that you are dispossessed. How can the righteous, how can someone who possesses the righteousness of God is dispossessed? How can someone who is the child of God has gone out of his land? Why are you holding that burden? Why are you out of where you need to be right now? Oh, because you have not called unto your father. But this morning you have been declared righteous. There is no condemnation for you. You have been given the power and you have been, you have been given the legal mandate. That every tongue that rises against you, you shall condemn them in judgment. This morning I want you to pray. I want you to pray. I want you to pray and say that, Father, I come to you, not in my righteousness, but in your righteousness that I have come. Therefore, I rebuke any tongue that rises against me. I rebuke any tongue that rises against me. I 